sometimes your singing messes me up while I'm actually playing this on my keyboard. <laughs> That's the hardest part. Good evening, Meatsuits. Welcome back to Read and Weep, a podcast that used to be about books. I am your host, Alex Falcone, recording from North Koreatown, Los Angeles. This is Season 3, Episode 39 of the show. And before I introduce you to the panel, I just want to tell you how lucky I feel to have the panel in this form together because as of a few hours ago i thought it wasn't going to happen it was touch and go here anthony do you want to tell everybody why you almost couldn't make the show today well uh yeah so this was uh gonna be uh in kind of like what you what you've been watching oh okay okay uh which is that uh my favorite reality show finally came back after a two-year hiatus and that is uh getting the new kitten Live. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, love that. show. Uh, it's actually kind of weird that we got uh, this new one two years to the day that we oh. I got the last one because it was right around uh, a day before my wife's birthday two years ago. I got her a kitten, uh, and then this one a few days ago I went out to have a cigarette around like seven, and my um, neighbor uh, who was having parties like four times a week over at his house oh, uh, since quarantine started it's very exciting <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was on his porch with a bunch of people and they said hey did you did a cat get out and I was like no my cats were inside and they just had this cat and this very drunk man walked towards me and was like well this cat jumped in her backyard so you want to take him <laughs> and then they all went back in the house like immediately and I was just like holding this this small kitten uh so yeah so we brought it in we have it quarantined from the other cats right now you know make we have from test results and to you, get back. you like checked it for chips and stuff and it we is took not it, we took it nobody uh, wants it well we hope i mean i would love to get it back to a home it has a place that it's love but like we're more than happy to take it yeah yeah, yeah. um but it was but, not chipped. But it was not chipped. We've been checking online uh, a few websites that people like post lost animals. Been walking around the neighborhood to see if I see anything. But he yeah. was so thin. He looked like he had been out there for a while. Yeah. Um, very uh, food insecure right now. Just kind of like just devours everything immediately. Uh, so that's going to be fun with the other cats who never had to worry about food. Uh, yeah. When we do integrate them. Um, yeah so he's gonna be like he's gonna be worldly and they're gonna be like fat bougie cats (laughs) exactly uh yeah so 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 what happened from our point of view is that you texted us a couple hours ago and was like we got a new kitten a few and then i i lost a few days yeah with this new kitten we lost (laughs) because it was my wife's my wife's birthday happened and that's like a two-day event just especially especially because of COVID right now, we can't see everyone together. So we had to like see people in small, uh, isolated, socially distanced kind of spaces to get like so it was a, it was a like birthday marathon of yeah. puck hangs. Yeah, basically. Uh it was exhausting. Uh and then <laughs> we had this cat and I woke up today and I was like, Oh shit, it's Wednesday. I thought it was maybe Monday still. I don't know somehow. Uh so I loved I, it so much, Anthony. I yeah. like I've never I like I've produced a lot of things with guests and stuff, and I've never had somebody be like, I lost track of what day it was with a kitten. It was the best yeah. excuse I've ever heard for anything. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm doubly grateful that you actually got to be here also. So you made yeah. it work. 
I'm glad I was able to fit the movie in. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, between uh, hanging out with this new guy who's just so, so loving. Well, I mean, well, like, we're kind of just starting to sort of figure out his personality. You know, like, the first day, he was mostly just, like, uh, wanting to cuddle and get as close to humans as possible. Then he, like, slept for a whole day. And then, like, today, he's just been, like, running around and being really cute and Oh, uh, gashed my wife's nose open, so that was neat. Uh, so bad, yeah. Yeah, uh, we clipped right. his claws shortly thereafter, but <laughs> I, I left my wife alone with him for like 10 minutes with a feather right. toy, and all of a sudden she ran out of the room with like, and it's, you know, it's your face, so it bleeds a lot. Yeah, they're so very bleedy faces. She has this, this, this giant scratch going down the entire rim of her nose. Oh. I was like, man, this guy really was on the streets. He's fucking lethal. He's <laughs> he knows he's, where to he knows where to swing. Okay, gonna, we're calling so, him Caspian, by the way. We think oh, Caspian, Caspian. Ooh. Yeah, uh, it was like came uh, after your favorite that, C. Yeah, that or Oliver. Uh, we wanted sort of like a regal kind of sounding name. You know, sure. I'm going to think it's the C. Um, all right. So that's Anthony. He's on Twitter at Anthony Lopez part two. He's in Portland. Also to round out our panel, um, we have two more guests you've heard already a little bit. He's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Arkansas. It's Mr. Hunter Donaldson. Hey, what up? What up? It's me. I post on Letterboxd from the woods. And you by do? that, I mean, I you do a rough draft cat. of my Letterboxd, Letterboxd post on, I carve it into a piece of wood. And then if <laughs> I like it, then it makes it onto the digital space. All right. You I mean, have you have a cat that went from the urban environment and then a three day car trip and then lives in your, in the woods now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, How this cat lives cat in a house in the woods. I don't like right, that. Right. This is not an outdoor cat. All right. At all. Okay. He died well, in that's- a second. Yeah, the woods seem like a gnarly place for that. But do you have, how does it adapt it to the house versus the apartment life? And how did it like the car? Uh, he, he, w- he was actually kind of a champ when it came to the car. He was pretty, he was pretty, uh, he Good. just kind of slowed down, didn't move mm-hmm. a lot, uh, didn't sure. want to eat or drink, but also didn't poo poo or pee pee. Um, nice. So it was a little scary. Just hibernated. But it was- yeah, he just kind of shut down. He's like, I'm going to turn all the systems off because this sucks. Um, just reboot, yeah. But it could have been worse. He was very quiet. Like, he was very just like, something's happening and I hate it. Uh, <laughs> and you better get me there ASAP. Like, I, I was getting a vibe from him that I needed to get this done as soon as possible. Right. Um, you were getting like, a strong, like, no roadside attractions vibe. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't t- fuck around. Just no get me there. No detour to the Grand Canyon. We're going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I actually, I mean, I forgot. Have I talked about how I got a kitten recently? Because I also got a kitten. No. Oh. Yeah. So I got a kitten like maybe a month ago. I thought oh. I brought it up on the show, but maybe I was talking. Maybe it was, I was another show. It must uh, be another show. Probably. Or if you did, I've forgotten, which is also reasonable. But yeah, he, his name is uh, Griffin. He's a little orange cat. And, named uh, after your favorite door. N- named it. Wait, what? Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid. After my really favorite. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was really stupid. It was stupid but fast, and that's one of my strategies. <laughs> just, just get the stupid over with. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, right yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, it's like unclogging a pipe. You get the stupid one out quickly, and then you got room for the brain to keep working. That's good. That's good. I like that. Uh, but yeah, so I, I got two cats now, and uh, they're really sweet together. They, they. What I love about it is my the bigger cat Ira. Uh, has taken over cleaning duties when it comes to Griffin. So he cleans himself 
and oh. he cleans Griffin. So Griffin's not learning how to clean himself. <laughs> so it's going to be a situation where like they can't be separated because Griff- Griffin will be a real nasty boy if he doesn't have Ivor <laughs> to lick literally. I don't want to gross you out, but this cat is literally licking every single part of oh. this other cat. Every you have grossed me out. It's happened. Single part of this other cat. That's Animal, Animals that's, are cute, but they are also gross. That is a real sign of dominance. You know, yeah, Iva is literally... <laughs> In the human world as well, I think. Yeah. If you yeah, oh, if yeah, you yeah. clean somebody with your mouth, they know. <laughs> they know. Um, you gotta make uh, eye right. contact while doing it. Oh my god, that's so scary. Um, <laughs> Alright, and then that voice you hear running on our panel is uh, at Amandable on Twitter in the cool part of Boston, Mass. It's Amanda Linebaugh. Hey, Definitely Amanda. the cool part, yes. Um, it, it was a cool, it was the very cool part when, when I was there. It was so cool. Um, it was, right? It was not, well, yeah. I only took you to the uh, the best places. Place, okay. The best places. Place. Do you have any cats? How many cats do you have? Uh, I don't personally own the cats that I live with, which is great because I just get oh. to pet and snuggle them, and I don't clean up their poop. You're sub petting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, fast, but stupid, but fast. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You can tell I've had cold brew today is when like the, I'm fast but stupid. That is for sure what's happening. I, I um, did used to live with a cat that was named Emily after Emily Dickinson. Oh, wow. that's was... one of the funniest parts of this movie is that's when she's part. like, oh my God, I yes. also have a kid. <laughs> the woman wants to meet Emily Dickinson. And she's like, are you sure she knows that Emily's a person? Because I also have a cat named Emily Dickinson. <laughs> and also what a hilarious name for a cat that lives in in the house with Emily Dickinson. Yeah, what a weird thing to do. To I am definitely going to get a cat named Alex Falcone. That is a, an awesome idea. That would be more like if like I had a cat named then. Alex Falcone. Well, that's yeah. true. That would be confusing. Also, oh my god, I, I, the cat... Okay, there's so many and funny to things. to be fair, the cat was there first. So, <laughs> it's a very old yeah. cat. You know, that, and they, Emily that, that showed up is, and said, that I cat think is this so cat's old. Name. That cat is so old that it looks like it might just be a pillow and a cat sound effect. <laughs> Did you guys notice that's not Possibly. a real cat? Possibly, yeah. Did you notice? Well, I mean, no, that's not a cat. There was no cat. There was never a cat. I refuse to believe. I refuse to believe in this movie that obviously no expense was spared. It is a luxurious sure, yes. production. Yeah, they, they wouldn't get a real cat. Alex, you were fucking absurd, right? You can tell from the beginning yeah, that this movie this cost... A, there's a Starbucks cup on a Game of Thrones set, too? <laughs> so, you know, this you're movie clearly cost dozens of dollars to make. Mm. and But my two favorite cost-cutting things was that it's clearly not a cat. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, because it doesn't have a face or a body, it's just a square cat-colored pillow, and then they make a really obvious cat sound effect. And then also, they do not have a piano. The piano is just a piece of black wood that they stand behind and try to convince right. you it's a piano. Now, that oh, one no. I didn't even notice. I didn't I'm, even notice Yeah, that. I didn't notice that either. I've watched this movie four times. <laughs> I have never noticed that. I well, noticed the cat right away, and as soon as she goes behind the piano, my wife's like, that's not what a piano looks like. And it's it's really just like, it's three it's pieces of black plywood so that it kind of looks like they're behind well, a piano, but there's yeah, no goes, piano. It goes with this movie sort of a general aesthetic rule which is like you know like almost every set is like we're gonna dress two-thirds of it and then we're gonna put up a curtain uh, <laughs> and that so really guys only two-thirds of a set is all we have to dress yeah. every, 
Everything else, it's curtain time, baby. One of the characters has a conversation about how she only owns one dress, which is super convenient when you have to buy period clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that shit's expensive. Yeah, and then also, it's clearly they're just like at somebody's house. Like they just have they borrowed two houses next to each other. They're not particularly. They're like not even that old looking. Um, it's great. Anyway, okay, that's all fun. Let me um, before we talk about this movie anymore. Sorry, let's go back a second and let's catch up on what else we've been watching this week. So. Uh, Anthony, you're welcome to have a second segment since I burned your cat segment already. And I know you've watched this stuff, but you don't have to. Um, I'm going to go first this week. So um, now give you a second to think about that. So I'm going to have to put off the Vietnam War again because there's something more pressing again this week, which is I know. I know. Vietnam can wait. Um, I am worried that by the time I bring it up for real, I will have forgotten. But it was two months of my life. So I think Uh, I'll remember part. I thought you were going to say it was officially be too old of a thing to talk about. Like, yeah, we're like getting really The moment has passed. Yeah. You know, we didn't know it was going to happen, but we actually got over the Vietnam War this week. It's yeah. crazy. We did. No one expected it. <laughs> Somebody tore off a page of a calendar on the wall and it was like, we're over Vietnam. And then everybody <laughs> cheered. Um, no, I, but I, something more pressing, which is um, I have a new favorite show that is like my absolute favorite thing that I've seen uh, in a while. Uh, on television, and I am very surprised to say this because it is an Apple TV original. Uh oh, is it Ted Lasso? It's fucking Ted Lasso. It's a hundred percent Ted Lasso. I've only heard good things. But. Yeah, you guys, same. it's crazy good, and it should not be. The premise not very good. It is a show based on a commercial for a sporting event from fifteen years ago. Well, that should not work. Isn't it the guy who did Scrubs? Yes, yeah, so they have legitimately yeah, I mean, good people involved with this, I mean, this adapting guy, a commercial. This is the guy who heard the name Cougar Town and was like, I can get six seasons out of it. I mean, you know, like he, <laughs> he has a good track record of, you know, taking things that, that shouldn't, should not be, work. shouldn't work, you know? Yeah, I mean, so the, this was okay. So, like, the 15 years ago, NBC started broadcasting, I mean, 20, 10 years ago, whatever it was, they started broadcasting British soccer for the first time. And they made this commercial with Jason Sudeikis to advertise the fact. And Jason was playing this character of an American guy who, for unexplained reasons, having never seen soccer before, is now coaching a British Premier League team. And the commercial is not that interesting. And it's like three minutes long. And then 15 years go by and Apple has all the money that's ever been invented. (laughs) And they were like, we need a show. We don't care where you get it. And somebody took that commercial and brought it to the Scrubs producer, presumably Jason Sudeikis was involved, anyway, and made a fucking phenomenal show. So it is, what you're saying is they pulled a uh, they pulled an Ernest, a good old classic Jim Voney, is what you're saying. Is Ernest based on a commercial? Ernest was originally a commercial, like he was. They're, I had no idea. You never heard like where Ernest. I thought you were going to say he. They pulled a Geico caveman, but it worked. No, Ernest. <laughs> it was a. An, he was an actor who moved back home, uh, and got a job like doing like this odd commercial for like a theme park that <laughs> like didn't have any money to shoot uh, the huh. theme park, so they just shot this guy, and people really liked him. So someone from like Mountain Dew called and was like, "Hey, we like that character. Will he sell Mountain Dew for us?" And they said, yeah. And then someone else called and he st- and was like, hey, I got an ice cream. Will you do the same exact ad, but with ice cream using that character? And they said, yeah. And Ernest did like 500 different products 
for all like and built this groundswell and then Disney saw it and made a movie based off it. From like old regional commercials. He is the original viral stone. It's it is very much like that. Um I guess. Um the 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 premise of the American coaching soccer sounds like it's gonna be so stupid and they do so much smart stuff with it. The character has way more depth than it should. Uh, the the show is just bursting with heart. Like mostly, it is a just positive feels show. It's so lovely all the time. Um, but also, it's got really uh, it's very funny. It's surprisingly dirty occasionally for what elsewise feels like it's like a PG uh, charming type show that like it's willing to go some places and. Uh, also, some really dope female friendship that uh, you don't expect to see in a show made in the last uh, since TV has been invented, really. Um, so you had that. That's nice. Um, it's really good, you guys. It's super solid. I would don't. It is a hundred percent worth the price of asking a friend who has Apple TV to give you their login. Yeah, I've had it for a. Um, I mean, I got it like a year of it with my new phone. Uh, yeah. I don't have any way, like any device to play it on, and I'm not going to watch it on my phone because I only use my phone for, you know, like text and quick bites. Um, <laughs> but so I'm not going to watch like a full show on it. But yeah. I am excited. Uh, I guess the Apple like app is coming to like consoles soon. Oh, so I'll good. be able to log in and I will watch it there. Yeah, it's anyway. Yeah, I don't know actually how everybody would do, uh, normally go about getting this channel. I don't know if it's a thing people care about besides the show, but the show is really fun. So I big ups to Ted Lasso. They also weird for a streaming service. They release it weekly, which is a questionable decision, but it has yeah, kept me well, I, talking I like about it, it longer. I, I love it. I HBO still does that. I think that's the way. It, don't it let me be. binge it because I will, and it won't yeah. make me like you. You know. <laughs> I think. I mean, it is tr- is it it is interesting. Like, if you remember Tiger King, how that conversation was so intense with everyone you knew for about six days, and then it stopped forever, and it got weird to talk about it. Yeah. Like this, I feel like I have to keep talking about it every week because there's a new part, so I can't yeah. have done have it done with. I, so I think it's smart. having a week to digest um, a piece of media. I think makes the next one so much more impactful. Totally, uh, I'm a big fan of the week to week model. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. That's for me. Hunter, what have you been watching? Um, well, so I, w- I, I caught up on, speaking of binging, I caught up on uh, Better Call Saul, a show oh. that I love very, very much. But I also just kind of feel like talking more about Disco Elysium because that game, I've been playing I'm deeper into that game. And the, actually, I'll just tell you this oh, one thing about I that game. I just started playing that. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, oh, so, it's wow. okay. Yes. Somebody it's, who can relate. It is. I don't, <laughs> I forgot what this is. <laughs> Uh, so this is the game I talked about last week where you you uh, you play as a uh, it's like a role playing game where you play as a cop who has a drinking problem, wakes up, oh, yeah. doesn't remember who he is. Yeah. And you're trying to solve a mystery. And the thing that I didn't know last week that I now know is that this game is really hysterical, like really, really so funny. funny. Oh. And also, I mean, it's also quite dark, but it's very funny. And my favorite thing about it is. So like there what I didn't understand last week that I now completely understand is when you play a lot of role playing games and Alex you will relate to this actually mm-hmm. because you are this guy uh <laughs> when you play role playing games when you're playing like D&D or whatever there's always a temptation to just say crazy shit all the time like it's like here's an NPC and then you just like 
oh, let's like slit their throats and steal their money or something like stuff you would right. never do. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why people go to these weird places when they play role playing games. To be clear, that's yeah. the thing that I have seen people do. That's <laughs> yeah. not me. I'm a rule uh, follower in the real world and the fictional world. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, when we played, I was always the one who was against Tiffany shooting people for no reason. You right, right. But but you know what I'm talking about. I do and know what you're talking about, but I just want the audience might think, that's me. This is not me. Right. Also, I never figured out how to play that game. So right, I was confused true. the whole time. That's true. But it's just generally people, it, the term is uh, playing uh, as a murder hobo. Uh, <laughs> it's just something people do with role playing games. Nobody knows what it means. It's just like people get really murderous and, and have a generally behave like disgusting, strange weirdos. So the, the whole West, thing of the West Wolf theory, as it is. Yeah, yeah, it actually yeah, looks yeah, exactly like that. Um, but the thing about disco that's so fun is that you're you you kind of get to do that all the time, and it's really and because you don't know who you are, and the whole world around you is so kind of like darkly comic, it doesn't really seem that out of place. But they go really far with it um, mm. in ways that are really fun. Like for and 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 it allows you to basically make all these very strange decisions for your character. It's like for the first time they built a game saying like, listen, we know when people play role-playing games, all they want to do is say crazy shit and do crazy shit the whole time. So like my guy, uh, I decided uh, will not shut up about communism. And I bring up okay. communism all the time. Okay. <laughs> Anytime someone says anything, I'm like, well, this is some, bo- we should eat the rich and the bourgeoisie are killing oh, so everyone. And long live the pro- okay, yeah. No, no, no. It's not even pro. You can, if you want, you could also be just like a, a like a stooge for the government. If you want, uh, you can go whatever way you, you don't even have to be consistent. Like sometimes I'll, I'll be like, I'm going to be super commie to this guy. And the next guy I'll be like, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, workers need to chill out and it's all about the government, bro. Uh, workers of the world chill out yeah, workers I, of, of the world I chill out accidentally developed a feminist mindset in that game like i wasn't even trying for that i didn't know that was an option this is fabulous right it it's 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 really really good um and i said it was really good last week and i just want to stress that after a week with it i feel way more confident in saying that it's it's very good and very I, fun i do appreciate when you recommend something that i know i'm never going to possibly do um mm-hmm. because i don't play a lot of video games any ever i don't play any video games and so well we're we gonna get happen. you a switch we're gonna get you a switch right yeah oh you're gonna get it for me I thought you well, were going no, to bully me into spending my own money. We're going to pressure you into yeah. buying one oh, for yourself. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, right? See, that's the real, that's the thing. If it was, if they if they didn't cost money, I'd have a switch by now. But they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> saving my free time. Well, one wh- of the things that's weird is I've like watched a bunch of stuff you guys have recommended, and I don't bring it up every time because I don't want to like uh, like have the the series be too uh, repetitive. Of like, I'm three weeks behind what you guys do. Um, but so it's nice when I don't have to add something to my watch list. So this is a fun thing to hear about and I'm never going to know what it's like. <laughs> uh, all right, Amanda, what have you been besides playing Disco Legion? What, what else have you been watching or playing or doing? Oh God. I, I like cannot with new things during quarantine. Like I can't, <laughs> you can't with any new things. It's, it's so hard to like get into a new TV show or something that I'm not familiar with. So I have been binging uh star Trek next generation, like no one's uh, business. Oh heck yeah. Heck just, yeah. Just finished season four. Um, how many are, th- how long is it? Uh, is it seven seasons? I think. I think okay. that's right. Yeah. That's a lot. 
the first two are total crap too. <laughs> you have to sit through yeah. so much awfulness until well, you it know, finally, like develops morals. Yeah. You no, know you can like skip episodes. That's what I always Especially do. Especially when you've done it before. Just, yeah, I just jump straight in at season three. No. I mean, that's the way it should be, but it's because I'm making someone else watch it for the first time, uh, so I had to make them go through. <laughs> yeah, make them, they have to suffer, too. They can't understand <laughs> the sweets. That's uh, definitely how it. that works. Stop it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. What was I, that? I pressed a button and it played music from the soundboard that I didn't want it to play. <laughs> Alex, Alex you're going to have to clear that. Shock, shock. Uh, Alex, you're going to have to clear that music. You know that, right? <laughs> you got to get on the phone with your lawyer right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so to go back to the Star Trek thing. So you're making someone watch it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And and you're in that situation where somebody is like, this is crap. And you're like, I know, but just give it 40 hours of television and then it'll get good. <laughs> well, see, I, like I've watched it my my whole life. But uh, the first time that I you know watched it was um, when I was a kid. So I remember all of these episodes being great. But now rewatching them like straight through as an adult is like, oh, this is terrible. This is really bad. Why did I like this so much? Oh, I was 10. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, that does help with you, so many things. Do you know what uh, I'm always interested in this kind of stuff. Like, do you, can you find anything that uh, specifically attributing to you, like, when it goes from the good to, the, like, the bad to the good? Like, do you see, like, do they get new, like, yeah, you said no. It's, it's new Gene Roddenberry. It's, it's Gene Roddenberry. Like, yeah. he left? Like, Gene well, took he, his hand Took his hand off the wheel a little bit. Well, I mean, he died, is what happened. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I bet you feel like a dick, Anthony. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Well, I had no idea Gene Roddenberry was dead. He's uh, such a weird God. He's he's like the weirdest person in television because yeah. I find there's so many things to like about him, but then he's like deeply sexist, like oh, crazy deeply. level sexist, like. Well, I mean, you only have to look at Troy's outfits to be (laughs) clear on that part. Right. So who was the the creative head after Roddenberry? J.J. Abrams? (laughs) I know, like, Ronald (laughs) E. Moore, the guy who did, like, Battlestar Galactica, was, like, really important, right? Yeah, he wrote a lot of really good episodes. Um, I forget. What's his face? Rick Berman, I think Mm -hmm. is his name. Yeah. Oh, I I know. I know, right? everything in the 90s didn't he yeah i was gonna say that sounds like a tv producer name yeah i've heard of that yeah i'm not that Uh, kind of star trek nerd i don't have like the titles of the episodes memorized or anything like that so yeah but you're also not judgy of that kind of nerd because that's not how it works (laughs) and i'm right here i would i would lose (laughs) all of my friends yeah (laughs) um uh anthony what else uh do you have anything else or do you just want to move on with your cat knowledge well, I will since uh, you they both you both had such great sort of uh, obvious sort of classics and say I'll go out on a limb and say I recently have been playing a lot of a video game while I'm hanging out with the cat uh, mm-hmm. on, on Switch uh, recently. This little indie game called out came out called uh, the Super Mario 3D Collection. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing a lot, hopping around between six Mario 64 Sunshine. And Galaxy. And, oh, uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to go on a uh, Pretty damn good. I don't know if anyone's ever given, given like, Mario 64 its due, really. <laughs> but it, it, uh, it is very good. Holds up pretty still. Definitely is, like, 
a little bit janky, especially in 64 in terms of like the camera, just like they were figuring this shit out. I, I forgive <laughs> them for that, but it kind of gets frustrating. I like Sunshine more Dude, than I, I remember, and then Galaxy is still just just perfect. So it's been a good I, time. This was the the 64 was the one system I've ever had, and I played Mario 64 a bunch of times. And if you think janky controls on your Switch, the last time I played it was on an emulator on my early Android phone. Uh, where the camera is real bad and i still liked it it's still a fun time wow (laughs) still super um super intuitive and just like i was really surprised like coming across like later levels like uh there's a room you have to go in and there's like a bunch of mirrors and like to find like the image that's not reflected like really clever stuff that i had forgotten was in the game uh and yeah it's still great and the other two it's just really fun to See how like play the later ones, especially because I haven't played them, you know, since like they came out on the Wii or GameCube. Uh, but yeah, they're great. I cannot suggest them enough. Uh, Mario, you hear yeah, Mario, Mario. pretty good. Uh, also, <laughs> anyone anyone that wants to get that, you have a limited amount of time. Oh yes, who <laughs> has arbitrarily decided to take it off of the market? Oh, they're doing. Are they? They're no putting it back reason. in the Disney Vault after a couple weeks. They're literally yeah. doing that. It's so what a dick so move. Annoying. Yeah, so you need I, to get it now if you want it. Well, it's Mario's 35th anniversary this year, and this was supposed to oh be this was supposed to be like a, a <laughs> real big so year. Old. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but this all this stuff was supposed to be leading like there's all these like Nintendo Mario crossovers with like Legos and uh, like uh, fashion companies and different things, and it was all supposed to be leading. Yeah, there's up. a. Is there, an, I think, an Adidas shoe that they're doing? Yeah, oh, they're doing really? a bunch of like shoes and clothing and stuff that's pretty neat. But it was all supposed that. to be leading to the big uh, Nintendo World amusement park in Puma, Japan. sorry, not Adidas. Puma is doing a shoe. Um, which I believe is owned by Adidas still? Anyway. Yeah. I could but, be wrong. Yeah. But, yeah, but also, also, they look super cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like uh, they actually do look cool. This is <laughs> surprising. Yeah. <laughs> um all right let's jump into our let's actually get ready into our topic now for real so um uh, you might be interested in what this weird no cat movie is that we're talking about um today uh, our film that we are watching is uh, wild nights with emily from 20 the 2018 film directed by madeline olnick and madeline 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 anyway olnick starring uh, saturday night lives molly shannon as emily dickinson and susan ziegler as her just a friend and a neighbor just um gals being pals <laughs> hey, yeah just just dude just hanging out just two sisters <laughs> yeah i mean the poems about them doing it are sometimes uh about her being a sister and that part's a little creepy for me but um i get it um i see what you have to do um they're, they're not actually related let me just, just yeah. Un- yes. yeah 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 by, by Which, marriage or whatever no yeah. hey you know what Millions of people loved Game of Thrones. No one can act like yeah, who cares. Sister stuff's weird anymore. That's where <laughs> that's where that's the world we live in now. You don't need to explain it. A, a post Game uh, of Thrones universe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is uh, this was Amanda. This was your pick. So you said to me that you are evangelical about this film. So tell me why you picked this for us. So I saw this back in 2018 when. Um, one of my local little indie theaters uh, was having um, just a, a 
film series and a cool. friend of mine was like let's go see this movie about emily dickinson and i said sure cool mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um and then it turned out that the writer director was also there to uh talk and uh, answer questions afterwards and oh shit like i just i love the movie because it's hilarious mm-hmm. um it uncovers you know a lot of did you emily. know going in that it was funny Oh, I had no idea. I just knew it was a movie about Emily Dickinson. Did you know a lot about Emily Dickinson going into it? No. No, I knew what what everybody else thinks, you know, that she's a a recluse and a shut-in. I found that, like, the movie leans into this, like, like, the idea of, like, there is a very canon sort of perception of Emily Dickinson that I feel like maybe it was just really tied to even like oh generation I really feel like it was so cemented it's you know it's like learning about Columbus and then learning like the monster he actually is this like but but the inverse of that yeah 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 and yeah the movie's in conversation with that uh, stereotype in a really interesting way yeah that there was you know literal queer erasure Yes, um, yes. Just um, with a to big me. square gummy eraser. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was it's some historically ac- accurate, again. Historically it, accurate large it was a eraser. Real, real horse eraser uh, made from <laughs> <pure> gelatin. Uh, <laughs> horses, yeah. yeah. Um, for, well, yeah. So uh, did you learn a lot of extra stuff from hearing Olnick talk? Uh, so she wrote this first as a play and it was performed as a entirely comedic play. She actually toned down the comedy for the movie version, oh, which I just love. And she just talked so passionately about writing it and about doing this research about Emily Dickinson, um, and about, you know, getting to look at her letters to Susan and, uh, that you can actually see the places where Susan's name was erased in her poems. Like it's yeah. there visually um, once you, you know, scan it. Uh, under yeah. Special. Actually, the end, over the end credits, there were just like very slow pans over yeah. the original letters. And I am not normally like uh, particularly moved by original documents, but this one I thought was really cool for some reason, watching yeah. the, the actual just- letters. You just watched two giant Ken Bones documentaries. <laughs> so you know emotional yes. scan over letters. That's, yeah. that's true. I do I do like that. I, yeah. Um I okay, so be let's just get the plot of then the movie out of the way for people who have not seen it before with my patented three sentence summary of Wild Nights with Emily. There's one long parenthetical, but it still technically all adds up to three sentences. Um okay. Number one, future famous poet and M-dash enthusiast Emily Dickinson falls in love with Susan Gilbert while reading Shakespeare in public and proceeds to have a very private, intense, and secret relationship with her while her parents are away. Much later, Susan marries Emily's brother so she has an excuse to live next door and come over and do some smooching whenever she wants. Note, this is the long parenthetical, the wildness of the nights is greatly left to the imagination because the film is PG-13. So if you're thinking of wildness, it's mostly just smooching on coats, smooching on couches, smooching behind fake pianos. It's a lot of smooching, but it's that's it. Uh, end parenthetical. You While, pissed about yeah, that. About say, <laughs> like, they promised me the nights would be wild. It's just the word wild. I was just because it was actually pretty tame nights is what I felt. Wild were... things with Nev Campbell. That was wild. <laughs> that said wild, and I got wild there. I, that's I just, from one of Emily's poems. I know, I know, I know. But even the poem, I'm like, this sounds like a pretty 
tame night in you just you're hanging out inside i just also just watched handmaiden on your guys's recommendation that has some wild nights for those women <laughs> this had no tentacles at all no um anyway that's just a note in case you're watching it with that I- expectation um yeah, and you're not gonna be able to jerk off during this movie not I'm what trying. i said it's not what I said. If you right, try uh, hard enough and believe in yourself, anything yeah. is possible. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends what you're into. You're right. If you're into, like, clothing and, like, satire, this is probably going to get the job done for you. <laughs> uh, I do but- like big clothing. All right. End parenthetical. Continue sen- second sentence. While Emily continues to write poems and be rejected by the dummy dumb men in publishing at the time. And additional parenthetical I'm just adding right now. And probably still now. End parentheses. Number three, when she dies, her brother's mistress takes her poems, removes all the romance between ladies because she thinks it's gross, and all the M dashes because she thinks it's weird, and adds titles because she thinks people are dumb, and creates the lie that Emily is a reclusive spinster when, in fact, she was a quote-unquote wild sister-in-law banging lady. And that is Wild Nights with Emily. That's the movie. Um, I think what you... we're just saying a second ago, Anthony is really the important thing here is that this is all done with the eye towards uh, calling you an idiot for believing the story about her. That's like the main mm-hmm. POV of the movie is well, like, I, I can't believe you idiots thought this meant they were sisters. I, I don't think that's, I, I oh. think it's much more of a, like you can see the active work that yeah. goes in, went into this. And I do think the movie even makes kind of a, a point that like, is like the the Todd character. Like she's obviously like, you know, a very much a product of her time and a bad person and did this really like autistically awful thing. But like, isn't she kind of right in the fact that like we probably wouldn't have Emily Dickinson yeah. if yeah. she didn't sanitize it for the time. Like it's right. autistically monstrous, but it's like the way society and capitalism and publishing and you know getting creative works out there, like they she show that yeah, sexism. Yeah, they yeah. show the direct um, juxtaposition between like her telling her story and like the actual niece who's telling the truth. Like people didn't right. want to hear that shit in the eighteen sixties, you know. Yeah, uh, and that's so like, and that I, really I, plays. I, I totally drama. agree. I think there's just the, there's the one the one part that I and I I think that this tone is very funny and I like it a lot. So there's not a criticism of it at all. I just mean like there's a couple moments where they are like like I think the moment where she is talking about sue forevermore and she's like looking at the camera and she's like what did you think forevermore meant like (laughs) there's just a little bit of a tone of like how could you idiots have missed all of this Uh, and i enjoy that 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 is such a historical trope though like the that that you know just gals being pals i didn't yeah yeah yeah, totally sappho and her friend thing exactly like Or, you know, look at these carvings that we see of, you know, about two men living together and being yeah. best buds and sharing their lands. They were clearly just buds. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. What a nice existed. bromance they're having. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, look, I, they're, they're touching. I know a lot of families that if you go kind of out long enough, you'll find like, at least for our generation, like a lot of people are like, oh, I have an aunt who has a roommate, but they're yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're always like hanging out. And I, I just I don't know. She's like, yeah. it's kind of weird to have a roommate, but uh, yeah, like that story I, is still told, you know? It is. And I, I really like having it, like, I really liked seeing it like kind of mocked, not just like corrected, mm. but the tone of this movie is so goddamn funny. 
And <laughs> like, like when they talk about the most famous poet at the time and they like read a bit of her poem and then they put oh on screen God. actual part of her poem. Mm. Like it's so shady yeah. and I yeah. love it. That, yeah. part, that, that was very, very funny. I yeah, really like I mean, the random uh, jab at, uh, what was it? Emerson? Where yeah, she yeah. fucking hates Emerson for that his was mumbling. really funny to me. It was just like a pff, Emerson and his dumb mumblecore bullshit. It was great. <laughs> I mean, uh, I thought that was like kind of the miracle of this movie is that this is the like I think this movie has like all these really sort of heavy ideas and really interesting thematic things and like says so much about it's the period of space and now and like the history now between then and is in like dialogue with the idea of who Emily Dickinson is yeah. while also being hilarious and like not filled with like any pretension like this yeah. you can see like a version of this with like a lot of money that's played for like Oscar buzz like the true story of Emily Dickinson you know yeah which is and kind of was, what I was expecting honestly it, and so yeah, it was very was surprising too, actually <laughs> Um, yeah, when it, it had the budget and the tone of drunk history. Yes. Yeah, it, it that's, just, that's a great comparison. Uh, 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 Olnick actually said that in an interview I saw, where oh, really? she was like, we were shooting for drunk history in tone, yeah. which I think is very funny. Oh, she's awesome. I am like a huge fangirl now. I, I, was, I, I am so sure just from reading about her that she's the raddest. Um, and I would love to see this as a just a straight comedy play now. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, I uh, can't wait to see what she does. I thought this movie has such a masterful use of tone and uses yeah. that, and, like, the way it, like, it's not just, like, the sets look cheap, but even, like, the way it uses that, like, really stark digital photography mm. look. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, you just never see, like, historical period stuff. Yeah. Could you talk like talk more about that? Because I didn't like I don't know exactly what you mean, but I know like when I was watching it, I was like, "There's something about this photography that's kind of strange and surprising to me." Well, I was just like most kind of period stuff is usually shot on like a film or like a really altered digital camera, like, like to, to make it look like it was made not at the time but well, closer just, to the time. I guess it adds like a certain kind of older quality. There's definitely period stuff shot with digital, but I feel like most of the time they try to like really hide it and like make it look as sort of like it's like it's like uh, Barry Lyndon. Remember when we watched Barry yeah, Lyndon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they want to. Th there's this goal to shoot it in this like kind of romantic naturalism type yeah. look, especially with the lighting. And in this, they didn't, they tossed that aside. <laughs> they did not yeah. care. That was not well, the point. It doesn't have that like PBS period drama look to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, even like I just recently uh, watched uh, Emma, the new one that came out this year. Uh, this is very sort of Wes Anderson sort of style take on the play, the Jane Austen story, Emma. Uh, oh. Which is like one they've already made Clue. You're not going to tell a better version of Emma, right? It's, it's done. Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow tried a few years later. It didn't work. It's just like, come on, Paul Rudd. You're not what? Get out of here. <laughs> but, so they just released this version of Emma that's like very, very stylized. Probably this movie's budget probably was like one day of craft services on Emma. You know. Uh, and <laughs> it really was. It's really, really like super expensive, and the money's on the screen. But it's also like taking a play that's already funny and pitting like weird, like wacky jokes on it. And I thought the movie just didn't work for me at all. It's like pitting a hat on a hat. Like you don't need to add your stupid <laughs> bullshit to it. So yeah. it's a funny story. Um, but yeah, that that movie, right? Like, 
I really got the sense that this movie is trying to do what Emma is doing, but doing it in all the right ways. And just like with half the you know, a fraction of the budget and time. I, mean, I, I was trying to find the actual budget for it and I didn't, but I did find that they were only able to finish post-production because they won like a film festival award yeah. with wow. money to finish the. So, I mean, this is like, this is remarkably uh, low budget. Like even for stuff we've seen, this is a, this is, notably cheap and yeah, we, all, it, we all know molly shannon has a six million dollar asking price for me so i was assuming that this was a very intense period drama oscar thing <laughs> about rewriting the story and uh then molly shannon starts talking at the very beginning and i was like i don't feel like she's gonna do that this has got <laughs> She's really funny. And then there are like 10 other like improviser sketch comedian people who pop up at different right. times. And uh, it's like a really fun, surprising cast for something like that. Anyway, but and, can, I, and can, I point some, I, can I point yeah, something out with that? Because I, I just want to because I have a so I like actually had a little bit of trouble with that at the beginning. And yep. it wasn't until we got a little ways into the movie it was like there was literally a point where I had to stop the movie, open up my laptop and just start reading about Emily Dickinson uh-huh. because my mind was not in the it's almost like I, it's hard to to codify exactly what I was feeling. But it was almost like I thought they were making fun of because it's so tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I was misunderstanding. It's like, you know, in a drunk history episode where it's like they're telling you the story, but they're doing it in kind of this like heightened way. Uh, I almost thought they were doing that, but like making stuff up. And I actually read into a little bit of people that didn't like this movie. And a lot of times they misunderstand or mistake it as being historically inaccurate. And I think I fell into that trap. Mm. And then I could pro- see that probably about 45 minutes into the movie, to be honest, it was like the Brett Gelman scene where he comes in and he's just like being a complete asshole about yeah. her poetry. There was something about that scene where all of a sudden I was like, I am not understanding what this movie is trying to tell me. <laughs> we need to pause. I open it up. I actually learned the actual story of it. Cause I was like taught. This is who Emily Dickinson is in school. Like mm-hmm. th- I remember when we read, I heard a fly buzz when I die, which is like really kind of in the context of me being in high school really fits this narrative that they tell you, which is like, she's like, she's like, she's like a goth, like a proto goth or something. Uh-huh. I mean, she's metal as fuck. Uh, and yeah. like, <laughs> you, you read through her poems and they're like death metal lyrics. Like, they are. Like, yeah. Like, right. They're beautiful. Like, what yeah, I, can I, see, think, I can see why this wasn't being published in the sunday paper at the time yeah yeah i mean you could you could like make a game you know like emily dickinson poem line or cannibal <laughs> like cannibal corpse lyric and yeah like, yeah people would have a tough time telling which is which right i like I that. that right i love that i love that you guys picked up on the fact that like mabel is like not the big bad evil um because mm. that was one of the things that the writer uh, director talked about um that you know she too was a, a woman of her time she was trying yeah. to get published in her own right and was also having problems with that so you know she jumped on this chance for her own kind of fame and yeah it is artistically disgusting but like on the other hand you can't blame her here she is yeah. with this 
I mean, she loser affair, but she can't even publish the love letters of because they suck so much. (laughs) Yeah, like she's doing a shitty, like an artistically shitty thing. It's like a moral thing, but like also at the same time, she's kicking down doors that other people are going to walk to. Like even if you're doing that kind of like in a way that is like you know whatever how you, you know she made money and had to sleep with it, so it's like it's. It's her thing, but like the fact that she you know, brought Emily Dickinson into the world, made a path for other people to follow later. It's like I like the the way the movie like juxtaposes those images. Like just, it goes out for of the way. for the sake of um, full disclosure and honesty. You know, having this be a totally open conversation, I you just gave me a lot of credit, Amanda, for realizing <laughs> that she's not the big bad, which I don't deserve. I thought <laughs> she was the worst, and now it's a really good point that you're making about her. Just cle- yeah, just to clear that up. I, I mean, I, I have those I have those conflicting feelings because on the one hand, yes, you know, helping women get published, helping you know women poets get you know recognized for the work that they do, and on the other hand, like, really, did you have to erase the gayness? Yeah, I mean that that's such an interesting. So one of the things was really interesting about that was like the rhyme scheme, which she said she also like helped her with her rhymes and the titles. Where I like I don't like that, but also I poetry now is so different from poetry then that having an editor who's like actually let's do just let's just give a tiny bit to the audience to get them on board so you can then do your art like there actually is that's an important role that we do want editors to do and not all editors are monsters and like if she did the thing where she's like look the fact that she saw this and was like these are brilliant and i need to get them to people even if it means kind of fucking them up temporarily uh that's that is actually much more interesting and deep character than just because like she didn't say I hate these they don't rhyme and they don't have titles she's like if this was about a man and had a title people would love the shit right and that's yeah. really interesting and that's the- I, I think if we're cheering Emily on for being ambitious and for trying to get published like we have to also recognize that Mabel Mabel's ambition is not you know entirely wrong and misplaced yeah and that's also you know kind of the story of the combination of art and commerce like yeah totally. almost every big sort of you know major breakthrough there was someone there who was like it if it's not like perfect and has these sort of as you saw like you know shaved down it wouldn't hit you know as well and it's like that's one of the the sad th- sort of you know sad tragedies of it mm-hmm. i mean i think though especially like yeah the way the movie hits home like the ending in particular with like that last shot of the juxtaposition of like the two of them and like the way you see Todd with like these huge crowds and giving these giant speeches, but at the end of the day she's the she's the one who erased the names and didn't have like this real actual relationship mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. with this woman at all. It's such yeah. a odd, tragic story, you know. Man, the the funny uh with when Mabel is like explaining away all this stuff, uh, she's like, Oh no, she, uh, uh, Emily Dickinson was madly in love with this really old judge, but he died suddenly five years later. And, and, and then she was just into a ton of men, so many men. Yeah, she <laughs> called them master. Really funny. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I want to go back yeah. to something that kind Please. of Hunter was saying. No, I just ran out of, I was trying to remember something and I forgot and I ran out of gas. That's but, why I gave up. Yeah, you take over. Something I wanted to mention earlier about one of the things I really like about this movie is comparing it kind of to like that drunk history thing. And something like I kind of got from this movie and I, I imagined hearing the director talk about it, you would kind of get this sense that this movie feels like someone telling you a really good story. Yeah. 
Like it's like the way it has like those little embellishments that like kind of really post and like I really feel like the director was like sitting down in front of me and being like, Okay, let me tell you all this research and love and like mm-hmm. interesting things I've put in the Emily Dickinson. Yeah. Presented to you in this really fun way. Um Yeah, I mean so that's the an interesting thing with the way Hunter, where you were feeling which I agree I admit to also feeling the same way for perhaps a shorter amount of time. Um I mean because that first the first kissing scene is very funny. So the opening yeah. scene is like this ch- cheery time period piano music. And then they are just like greeting each other very formally. And then they peck on the cheek and then they have a nice peck and then a very formal peck on the mouth. And then uh, they start making out like crazy. Like it's very funny, but it is also off putting depending on what you're expecting. And so to yeah, see it's, that it it's fe- expectations are important, I think with any movie. And, sure, yeah, and absolutely. I think- it's it's almost like I actually feel like we're doing a real service here today because if I had gotten to listen to this pot, like I mean it'd be impossible. But if I could like get in a <laughs> time would physically ca- be very difficult time machine and listen to this podcast, I bet you I would have clicked into what this movie was doing from the first scene. Yeah, but if if your expectations is like I mean like I don't know. It's funny looking at the there was something about even the movie poster that kind of set my expectation for. I guess Molly Shan's doing like kind of a serious thing. It really does look like it seems dumb in retrospect that I wouldn't even think that. You know what I mean? That I would expect. No, but the cover. I agree. The cover, the font, like it does look like that's what they're trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess I was just fully invested with the immediate gay fan service. Like, yes. Oh my god. (laughs) No, I was just in. Well, so it's a real like. I, I do think the opening shot is like there's like a shot across the bow. Like it's very much like an opening statement for like what yeah. like what this movie's gonna deal with. It's like a setting like this very conventional image you have all the time of like two women being very formal in like a period film, you know, like mm-hmm. you constantly see that image and there might be subtext there and the way the movie just within the first minute is like, Okay, we're gonna kick down all that shit. Like would subtext you- text <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, just, we're taking you know uh 150 years of these hidden things in her poems and things that were removed and like just bringing them right up to the surface and showing them in a, a very fun i think i think if i could have talked to myself if i could go back in time and talk to myself before i would have said this is not like a riff on emily dickinson this is like actually what happened yeah and i think at so first i was like oh this is like a weird like emily dickinson sketched thing or something mm. and, and yeah because yeah yeah because you were like the way you were feeling was it felt like to you it was like revisionist history which it like is but the good version yeah like it's, it's actually like, illuminating something specific about emily dickinson that I, until it was there was something very important about that brett gelman scene where it my wrong interpretation of the movie broke under yes. the weight of the realness yes. of what was happening so i was like i am not watching this correctly and then once i fixed it i very much uh enjoyed the movie and clicked into not only because it was like I felt like a percentage of the jokes were not hitting with me because I wasn't like I really like the raw the Emerson bit that was really funny to me but that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the deeper point in the movie right. so there are some of those bits that were kind of bouncing off of me that then once I understood what this movie was actually going for everything started working yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting I think that like, a lot of people are gonna have different reactions like that's a good thing I think with 
all over. But like, I thought that it was interesting that like, you would have that. Like, I was really enjoying this movie. My wife really enjoyed it, but was fucking furious by the end of it. <laughs> I, I, she like, Wait, say more about that. Well, just the last five minutes, she was like, "Is that real? That's fucking bullshit." Like, she was like legitimately, it's like throughout the whole movie, it's like the Brett Gelman scene in the studies. She was just like, man, I just, I know that's like feeling. I know that like, that's like a real thing that happened. And I understand that. And and, like the way the movie constantly building up to that. And then at the end, when like just the erasing it and like just the no music, she was just like, that is so awful. And was like, had to like get up and walk around. She was just so upset. And uh, I think that's kind of like something that I thought was kind of like a magic trick this movie pulled off that like all good movies do that it has to can pack in all these different emotions and reactions. Like I found it like really frustrating, but all at the same time, like intellectually interesting because of what we were talking about earlier with the like, well, what is Todd's relationship and like, you know, publishing and knocking down her own doors or whatever. And it's just, it's neat. I I really like this movie. If that's Me not too. clear enough, yeah. Me too. Hundred percent. I yeah uh, yeah. I, um, I know how anxious making it is to bring something, uh, especially into this lion's den that no, we might dislike it. I mean, I fucking loved it. I had so much fun with this movie. I, I wasn't anxious. I was fine with you guys being wrong about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want nothing could affect my love for this movie. I, I do. Can we talk about like uh, Molly Shannon and just sort of seeing her? Yeah. In this oh movie? my god! I, right. I had no idea she was going to be in this until it's like literally the first title code, and I was like, "God damn, first title! God, she's got to be a big part of this." And yeah, <laughs> Indeed, I've always really like, I've always really liked her sketches, and she was in, she pops up in things every once in a while. But yeah, I thought she was really good in this. Um, yeah, I, just, I love that initial scene where she's like pulling the poems out from like her corset and from her hair. And yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it's uh, she starts reading the recipes. Like, no, it's on the back of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, true. She, she's like, totally she solid. Write things on the back of recipes and just on whatever little scraps and bits. Yeah. So, were you were you big on Emily Dickinson before this? Is that fair to say? I liked Emily Dickinson, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like a huge fan. And then I watched this movie and now I am mildly obsessed with her. Yes. I mean, that's how I totally, that's exactly how I was feeling leaving this was like, I am not, I mean, I admit to not being the most cultured person in the world in that I can't say I'm a big poetry fan. I don't have a big part of my life where I think about poetry and if I read this in college, uh, which I probably was assigned at some point and didn't, um, then I probably would not have like felt that much about it. But now that I've seen this, like yeah. there's like an, it's the right amount of background information where I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, this lady. That's so cool. Oh, now, now I have like feelings. Like I refuse to read any version where they've cut out the M dashes. I'm like, no, that is interesting. I never had an opinion about fucking M dashes before, and now I do. I, yeah, that was something that my my wife knew about Emily was she was famous for these dashes, and so when she saw anything about them taking out like not liking the dashes, she was like, "No, that's her thing." I really enjoyed as well the way the movie kind of portrays her as not like a like a sympathetic sympathetic like someone you're supposed to feel bad for at any point. Like her life is always very sort of like happy in terms of like she has a good situation that she sort of likes being in 
And it's not like you ever see a financially struggling or other things that movies do to kind of get like that artificial sense of heightenedness. Like I love that her and Susan never have like a, a big fight and don't talk for like most of the third act. Like they usually have yeah. in movies like this. They actually uh, that's such a good point. I wanna like dwell on that a little bit longer, which is that her her relationship with Susan is fascinating. And they're both like, it's complicated. They're both blinking other people at various times and then talking about it. And um, they are, they fight, but also are there for each other for a very long time. Like the, we see them fall in love as children, but then the bulk of the movie is set when they're like well into into adulthood. Um, And it's, it's a really actually a fascinating age of a relationship to focus a movie on. You don't see a lot of, couples that are like 25 years into their relationship having like a normal time in that relationship. That's super well, interesting. Like, yeah, the little happy, playful time. Yeah, the, yeah. Little, the little stuff like when the oldest daughter like says, say hi to aunt. Uh, Emily. Yeah. The way that, and like the way like the kids know, like that kind of smart thing, yeah. of, like living with that. I just like little touches like that in there. Yeah, that was super interesting. I do, I do really appreciate that Emily is such a nice person. That like, after cucking your brother for twenty years, you let him cheat on his wife at your house. And like, that's real like turnaround fair yeah, play. That's uh, fair. Yeah, yeah. I, you can't be angry at him for that. But you let him cheat on your girlfriend at your house. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, that's another way to say that. Um, but And also, that's just that part of that relationship is complicated and interesting, where she's like, I'm mad about this, but also we signed this pack where he would never touch me. And uh, so, like, we have kind of a different relationship than you would normally expect. Um, yeah, and then and then it's like, I'd be basically like, she'd be fine with him being with this piano player, just as long as they didn't flaunt it and take give her property. Like, it's a really interesting, complex relationship that I am not used to uh, seeing it on screen this way. So I thought that was super interesting. Has anybody seen the other one? Uh, the one that now I'm going to assume is based off the, the bullshit of Emily Dickinson. Uh, oh no. It's called a quiet passion. Uh, oh, no. I haven't <laughs> seen it. Well, yeah. So, so it's probably <laughs> suspect, right? But like, oh, it's super suspect. It, it, it got very good reviews and, uh is directed by tortured soul in her bedroom yeah yeah i just wonder like i it kind of makes me want to do like a double feature and watch Mm. the back-to-back uh i do like cynthia nixon that's fun yeah she is good yeah Um, i mean i would never talk shit about a movie i haven't seen but it does seem like after watching this there this movie must be the bullshit like there's no way so one thing it's that's super interesting about this the quiet place that takes place with Emily Dickinson. It's the it's the <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was gonna riff on that, and I my cold brew must be wearing off. I have nothing. Um. The uh. So one thing about this though that's interesting is that this isn't like Olnek brought revolutionary new research about this. A lot of this stuff had been kind of around for a while, and it just. Like, it feels like the Emily Dickinson myth persisted long past when it probably should have. 
because it's romantic and it's not gay. If you have the original <laughs> yeah. Emily Dickinson myth, yeah, you know totally. the idea of a tortured soul locked up in their bedroom is so romantic and gothic and yeah. like, of course, dude. You know, I mean, I, maybe maybe I'm weird, but the idea of someone uh, doing it with his brother's wife or her brother's wife way way more romantic to me. I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Being locked yeah, away and then writing romance puzzles. you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but but she's also like like if you're talking about romantic tortured poetry, writing about mysterious men is so much less interesting than forbidden love across mm. the hedges. Uh-huh. Like this is the most incredible setup for for romantic poetry. But don't isn't that like kind of this fucked up? Like a lot of it is fucked up. But the I've always felt like the you know, myths of certain Otis who get like this myth generated about them, especially if it's like towards destructive lifestyles, like yeah. the myth is at least it's very easy to get propagated by people who have those destructive lifestyles and want yeah. to use it as an excuse to like treat people like garbage and still be yeah. considered a genius. Like yeah, I, that's I, a good point. I always wonder when you bring like, you know, the, like uh, I'm trying to think of like another like, famous artists who weren't really known till after they died like if they got brought back and like learned the myth of themselves like what would that be like and it's like she didn't mean to like pop she wasn't like trying to propagate this as a cover like her lesbian relationship was like the secret the size of being the batman you know she right. wasn't like going out and pretending to like hate people and stuff like that it's just this myth got picked up by other people who wanted to use it to be like well i'm like her you know i'm just i cut people off and i'm a dick uh yeah well you know she was she was socially unacceptable not just for you know banging her sister-in-law but because she you know the dickinson family was the biggest family in town and very important and she didn't give a shit about that and didn't want to hang out with people that she didn't want to hang out with so that's yeah. how you know there's, just, there's a grain of truth there you know with all good legends there's a grain of truth and so because she didn't want to be a socialite, um, you know, that's where the recluse myth comes from when she had. Yeah. Yeah. That was really funny. This is a a very funny uh, scene where Mabel is describing how she's a recluse. It's like, she's, she, I never saw her. She's a recluse. She didn't want to hang out with me (laughs) while I was having sex with her brother. She's a recluse. She never came into my room. What a recluse, Um, which is hysterical, but also led to, I mentioned it with the cat. Uh, but the the funniest scene in the movie, probably the hardest my wife has laughed when I've ar- been around her in years, was uh, when the lady's trying, when Mabel's trying to talk uh, Susan into letting her meet, or Austin oh into God, letting, yeah. no, Susan into meeting Emily. She's like, and they're coming up with solutions for, she's like, why don't you just dress in Emily's clothes and look at yourself in the mirror? It's fucking hysterical. It's <laughs> yeah. such a great, that scene is so goddamn funny. Yeah, the uh, line is the... It won't, yeah, and then like, I have a cat with that same name. Oh. Trying to justify it because it's not a lie is always very funny to me. Yeah. I just love that idea. Like, well, I want to lie, so I got to create a new truth for it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe so you should learn how to watercolor and then yeah. do a watercolor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and after the after the suggestion of looking in the mirror, uh, he says that, been that's been tried and it did not work. <laughs> Anyway, what a funny movie. All right. So uh, let's see. Is there any last thoughts? Oh, one thing. Um, we The mix on this movie, which is perhaps ex- expected for the cost of it, uh, is not great. So it's a little hard to hear in some places for us. So we were using the old person television system of uh, the words on screen. 
And I will, uh, this was a very interesting closed captioning movie because it told you the name of the piano piece Ooh. most of the time. And I had never seen, I never had that. And I really enjoyed it except when it was original music for the movie. And it would just say like troubled piano music, excited <laughs> piano music, sultry piano music. I really, it's like, there's something about getting to like read the, like not having to figure something out for yourself and just being like the movie, the, we're just going to tell you what you're supposed to feel right now. Feel troubled. That's just, you know, it's a troubled scene. Feel troubled. It's a fascinating way to watch it. Um, and I, I like troubled like piano a music. Sign at a, at a live show, you know, it is a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But especially for a, for, a, for someone who's like not good at subtlety in art like me, really helpful. If you tell me I'm supposed to feel troubled. <laughs> I love closed captioning. Like for, for that do. reason, Honestly, yeah, I love seeing the like what they come up with. My my favorite one that I've ever seen was spiders stridulating. What? 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 Stridulating, and I looked it up, and it is indeed the sound of like insects walking. No kidding. Like some closed caption dude just had a field day with that. the act of insect legs rubbing against each other. Yeah, man. So like. Um, one of the reasons why my pants get ruined on the inside thigh is because I'm stridulating too hard. Yeah. Because my chubby thighs stridulate loudly. You gotta stop wow, trying to really make cricket noises with it. <laughs> I would love to stop. Then I could sneak up on people. Um the um yeah, I I we had a conversation about this a few weeks ago about how I'm embarrassed to turn on it because I feel like it's an old person thing to do to watch stuff in English with closed captioning. Um but sometimes it's really hard to hear with the mix and uh, you're yeah. old really nice. let's be real let's you're old at this yeah. point so i mean God like damn. just accept it dude like, i am barely older than mario but i'm close to mario's <laughs> age yeah you're almost as old as it's think a me or, mario all the shit he's done in that time what have you done in it <laughs> <laughs> save the single fucking princess you haven't you know oh, I, I don't I, think that's you've that's ever presumptuous done of you have you ever have you ever done mushrooms? I mean, come on, true, yeah, or like a triple jump? Can you even do yeah. a triple jump, bro? I cannot do a triple jump. That's With true. Things on your hat, and so like, I do have a red fly. hat. I have a red hat. Um, <laughs> you ever throw that <laughs> hat on a T Rex and take over throw- his body? No, I've yeah. never mind controlled a T Rex. I've also never killed any sort of dinosaur. Mm. I have stepped on bugs' heads, but never anything bigger than me. You have a step on a total, right? A shell. I've. N- <laughs> No, I have not. You know what? I'm starting to feel bad about myself. You did it. Yeah. If that's what you wanted to accomplish, you accomplished it. I um, mean, I'm just it's saying. It's okay, Alex. I had a birthday last week. I'm I'm feeling the same way. <laughs> no, no, I mean, let's just let's just be honest. Let's put it all the way out there, okay? Uh, I mean, he is a licensed plumber. He's a licensed doctor. He is right. an he, he is a <laughs> professional goat coder. He's in multiple unions. Incredible athlete. I've seen him play tennis. I've seen him dominate on the soccer field. You know what? Uh, Maybe. Hold on a second. Maybe. Maybe we're comparing. It's not not fair. You know, my sisters have accomplished a lot more stuff than me. Maybe I'm Luigi. I'm I'm spooked in a big house. uh, I can do that. He had Luigi dragging dragging him down. All right. That's the problem. You know, what I'm saying is like, I don't have to compare myself to everybody. It's like you compare like to like I'm the other sibling. God, I'm I the just, Luigi. I just thought of the Alex version of Wario, and it sent like a shiver down my spine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Like, so we're far enough off track. So let's let's uh, uh, we'll call that the end of our Emily Dickinson conversa- conversation. We have two more things we're going to do. The first one is extremely silly. Um, so we're going to thank a meet buddy and then answer some email and then we will go. So we'll be right back. So we have a new Meat Buddy to thank. Our show, as always, is brought to you by our fabulous Meat Buddies. You can become one by joining our Patreon campaign. You can go to Metreon.com to become a uh, a, a Metreon, to become a Meat Buddy right there. And I really appreciate all of our appreciate all of our meat buddies who have helped support our show um we have a new meat buddy from a few weeks ago and i have just been i kept we kept talking too long and running out of time for this segment it's gonna be a weird one but here's what we're gonna do uh, before i do the segment for nick from los angeles um i would like to ask you guys um what are if each of you could tell me one or two things that you know the least about in the world what subjects if it was like a category on jeopardy would you bet zero dollars on the daily double? Huh. Huh. What's something you know nothing about? Hmm. Like, for example, for me, ice hockey. I know nothing about. I mean, Damn. I even called it that. I know less about field hockey, I suppose, but I know nothing about any of the hockeys. Yeah, I know a little bit about with, hockey. Yeah, professional sports. Any any professional sports? Okay. Any of them? Except baseball. I know a little bit about baseball. Yeah, you're from a good baseball town yeah i had to pick one and i i picked the uh the red Sox, not the celtics or the patriots <laughs> um i or the bruins right oh right see this is how good i am at this <laughs> no you know what i and i think that means i know too much about hockey now i only know this because we used to do a fake segment about how we didn't know anything about hockey and every time chris would say fuck the bruins and so i had to figure out where they were from um <laughs> so anyway you accidentally learned something about hockey in your segment about Man, you fail yes. at everything, don't you? <laughs> you just can't. I'm the Luigi yeah, of this family. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do I know less about than that? Uh, what's that? Um, that cricket. That's the, the game I'm trying to. Oh play. yeah, cricket. I don't know shit about cricket. Oh, nobody want... knows anything about cricket. Yeah, cricket. <laughs> you gotta understand a crumpet if you're gonna understand cricket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So here that is was that very is a, good. That was a, good a very good pull. Excellent work, um, but that's that, I think that's good I enough. Know we're ninja totals. Trust me, we're gonna use it. we're gonna use cricket. Um, so uh, here's what Nick said. Nick said he would like to hear a classic segment, which we haven't done for a long, long time, and that's why it's kind of in fact probably none. Maybe none of you have done it. Maybe Amanda, if anybody's done this before, but it's called King of Bullshit Mountain. Oh, I've done King of Bullshit Mountain. You have okay. So this I'm was sure. from it was a very different game back in the day. I'm trying to figure out a way to I was trying to figure out a way to create recreate it in our new setup. And so what we're going to do, the way this works is it's, um, uh, we're going to, one person is going to start uh, a discourse, start talking about the thing that we know nothing about, which is cricket. So one, one of you is going to start talking about cricket. And then if you say anything that is incorrect, somebody else can correct you. And if, and if they, their correction is correct, they take over as the King. So you keep pushing each other off the King of bullshit mountain. And whoever's standing at the end on top, is the current king. We did for a while change it to Lizard of Bullshit Mountain because we believe lizards to be gender neutral, but I thought I would explain it as King of the Mountain first so you understood it, and now I'll tell you it's actually going to be Lizard of Bullshit Mountain. So now you're caught up. So gender neutral lizards. Um, also, not sure if that's true about lizards, but that's true in my head say, about it. Pretty sure it's not that. Well, but isn't that, isn't that how tight or how, uh, not Titanic, isn't that how Jurassic Park works? Is they were like, I- I would argue Genesis. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, though, no. Let's get specific about the definition of the word gender. Though animals don't really have gender. At That's all. true. 
I love this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Alex, they they wanted it so that all the dinosaurs would be boys, so a girl, so that they couldn't have kids. But that was something they nature finds a way. I don't know if you ever heard nature that. Nature finds a way. I did. I, I heard it, that. They uh they made hold they on made your boys. butts. Yeah. But if you, but well okay so if if they don't have gender then it's perfect this is a genderless prize you are uh, the I, lizard of Bullcut Mountain <laughs> I also think that King of the Mountain is like kind of like a term already so like that's like a nice nice element uh, King of the Hill you know King's, oh yeah 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 so I right I was trying to get you guys to understand the segment by using its original name which no, is no, we're King talking of Bullcut about Mountain. fucking the name now right that's what this <laughs> is about. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna royal, royal lizard of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what it. That's what the. This is an evolution over several years of the show. It became royal lizard of bullshit mountain, and uh, I wanted to tell you the old name that was a thing, so you'd get it. And I think you did. So here's what we have to do now: uh, is turn this ship around and make it about cricket. Um, so Anthony is going to go first because you knew that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles quote. So Anthony. Um, explain that quote to me and what that teaches you about cricket. Well, so what happens is some some kids were up to no good in New York City, causing some trouble. <laughs> and and a, going? a vigilante named Casey Jones was like uh-huh. trying to interrupt them. And the thing about Casey Jones is he wears a cool hockey mask and he has like a hockey stick. I'm not sure okay. if he had rollerblades. Actually, I'm going to stop you for. I'm going to stop you right there, which is that I do not feel like his mask or his stick were particularly cool. Well, that's because <laughs> you're fucking wrong. So shut up. Okay? <laughs> you don't know. You can correct me on a lot of things, but we'll talk about a mask. No, no. What are I... hockey masks? What are hockey masks? They're horror movie things. Mm-hmm. They're never like Jones oh. Thing. Cool. And it's Casey Jones. I mean, ca- no, Casey Jones is cool. Okay. I'm yeah. We all, on yeah. Ones. Come on. Look. When I think he was kind of an overly aggressive jock. There's been a lot of cases. I, the, I think the coolest. Okay. So you're. So if you're saying there's been many, you're acknowledging that they weren't all cool. Yeah. Nothing about cool. cricket is cool. So this yeah. is definitely apocryphal. No, okay. Not- oh wait. That's actually a very good point. Um. So a man has pointed out that nothing about cricket is cool, well, which is. Factually accurate, which means Amanda is now the current lizard. So, Amanda, explain why nothing is cool about cricket. Uh, well, any sport that you can play while wearing a sweater is inherently uncool. <laughs> uh, the fact that the sweaters are mandatory, you know, makes it even worse. Sure. Um, I, we agree on that. And, like, you, you have to wear white pants while you do things like sliding across the grass and throwing balls in the dirt. Don't they also like eat and like drink tea while they're playing oh yeah i mean it's british you have to have yeah i think that's actually kind of cool my favorite thing about any sport is the snacking element um so i like that they drink tea about it dude my favorite part is that they have those hats those like beer hats but they have little teas in on the sides and with little (laughs) saucers oh that's that's actually a very good point so you're the new lizard continue that thought yeah, so it's it's part of the rules of cricket are that somebody has to wear the tea hat, okay? And mm-hmm. I think they all call themselves badgers. Yes, we agree on that. They, badgers. They they one 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 boy will have the log, and he <laughs> and he, and he'll march he'll march up to uh, the 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 home space, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. that's where all the action happens so he swings the log uh-huh. hits the bat and then that goes over to the fork 
Okay. Wait, I don't. Okay, you know what? I'm sorry. I have to stop you there. If there, if the ball goes to the fork, it sounds like there's a lot of action that's not in the home space. You said that's where all the action happens. That's. I should have said that's where all the action starts. Yeah. Okay? See, totally. It all okay. starts yeah. in the home. So you, space. but you, so you misspoke, and I caught you, which means I am the current lizard. So <sighs> the ahead. action starts at the home space, but it can go. This is a fun thing about cricket. It can go in any direction. It's not a one. It's not like only forward and backward. You can use that log to hit the ball behind you to the left doesn't matter cricket is everywhere in fact we're all in cricket right now that's how cricket works we're all a part of it at all times whoa yeah yeah cricket you guys are both wrong it's it's a wireless cell phone carrier it's called cricket (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. okay that's interesting say more about that so they they sell mostly like prepaid phones because not everyone can pay month to month Come on, let's be real here. Some <laughs> people need to buy prepaid codes and just talk what you need, you know? Just, you know, pay per text. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, they have, you know, they use mostly Verizon satellites and towers, I think. Are uh, they also for secret agents? Is that, do they use cricket phones for that? Or is that something different? You know what I'm talking about? Where they got a, uh, they have a, the burner phone? You mean burner phones? Yeah, oh, yeah. Are- I mean, secret agents, I guess, use burner phones. I, I think the burner phone is really the phone for every man. You know, it's like, oh, who, yeah, hasn't, yeah. who hasn't needed a phone that you can easily ditch if need be, right? Yeah, I will mean, yeah, tell yeah. you, if you Google burner phones and Cricket, they're fine with it. They'd happily oh, show yeah. you their website and sell you phones. That's so the they, whole point of prepaid they're aware. phones. Yeah. You know? when I used Wait, to what, vote, the whole point? I thought you said that was because people couldn't afford it, but you're saying the whole point is also to do crimes? No, I mean, that's the same. No. You know, I mean... That's a step How dare you? How sorry, dare sorry, you, sorry, Alex. Uh, Amanda, get in here. What are you trying to say? So the, the whole thing is they're for old people. Aren't oh. Those, like, giant buttons. And so it just like has like a That's danger a sign and you press that and it calls the police. Old people <laughs> love giant it's buttons. It's true. Only, only old white people need well, that. Old people and for kind of shitty parents who have really shitty kids. <laughs> I don't have to trust you with a real phone. You'll fucking find a way to hack the White House or some shit with it. Who knows? What oh, interesting. Okay, so the uses of cricket phones are spies, bad parents, bad children, and old people. And then anyone else just looking for a cell phone, you know? Yeah, also people yeah, need or, a good or somebody deal. looking for a good time. Yeah, for <laughs> a good time. Yeah, I think. So you're saying that cricket is for, like I was saying, it is everywhere. It's for everybody. Yeah, and, cricket is op- open. And you know what the the most mind blowing thing about cricket? A lot of people don't know this is they actually spent the most money in human history setting up this viral marketing campaign when they planted these little tiny noisemakers all across like <laughs> kind of grassy areas. And so if you're quiet enough, you could just hear this noise in a lot of places. And uh, cricket cricket did that. So you're telling me the cricket, the bug is actually just like a marketing scheme by cricket, the phone company. Yeah. Cricket, the bug is a viral marketing scheme for the bug company. Just like the way, you know, it has a bug company for the bug company. You say, no, no, actually, Anthony, I think he's caught you. You've, you've slipped up one too many times in this. I, uh, uh, it is, it's not really the bug company. It's a phone company. You said that yourself. Hunter continue. Well, how does this end, Alex? Like, what is the... I, when we run out of time? Oh, okay. How much time do we have left? Are, are uh, you gonna, is, is this just like the solo and free boat? You're just gonna all right, all right. I can marry the, all of this together. Okay, can you? so cricket is a game played 
by bugs, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like phone tag, okay? <laughs> so they're all, we're talking British bugs, okay? With tea in hats. Tiny, tiny sweaters and tea the, tea, the tea hats are back in the, in the improv <laughs> game. Because that was my favorite thing I've said anyways. I, you so, know what? Yeah. And we're out of time. That's it. And Hunter is the new lizard of bullshit mountain. <laughs> That's excellent me. work. You are and go enjoy a hot rock. Congratulations. Oh, I'm if I'm um, a lizard, I eat crickets. So that's perfect. Perfect. Unreal. You have tied it all together. You really did it. Um, and, but you know this, Hunter. You know this game is like the short story, the lottery. Like you're gonna get sacrificed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we play this game until until oh somebody was, wins, and then yeah. we will get good crops by squishing you yeah. like a bug. Yeah. Uh, it was nice uh, to you, Hunter. All right. not a bad effort. Um, thank you so much for donating, Nick, and for reminding me that we used to have this game. Um, you can kind of see why it doesn't continue on as our most popular game. Uh, what? But... No, that was great. We should do... <laughs> that should be the whole show, honestly, at this point. Yeah, we're, we're going to develop tea hats together, right? Oh, we my should God. Like yeah. I want a tea idea. hat so bad. Man, that's a good visual gag if you showed, like, a, in, a, in, like, a airplane-style movie and they show a cricket game and on the side someone's wearing a tea hat. Oh, and it would be so funny if it boils its own water for itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a Mr. Coffee. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think we really stumbled onto some next level podcasting. This is all smoke stevia or salvia. <laughs> and just fucking no, 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 no. We're smoke stevia. We're going to smoke some sugar derivatives. Yeah. And then we just trip balls and just mumble from one topic to another. I think that <laughs> like, like, like Emerson would. Yeah. Perfect. All right. The last thing we have to do before we go, uh, two quick emails, uh, two quick things from the uh, mailbag. First up, Leanne wrote in, and this is very high importance, about the Cat My Bears. So last week during my What Are We Watching segment, I talked about uh, Fat Bear Week. (gasps) Yes. 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 And as of today, we have an official winner. So I just want to give you guys the update. 747 is the fattest bear. Weighing in at just 1,400 pounds, he is a juicy boy. and he. We got to wait for a recount. I don't trust any elections anymore. I, I mean, yeah. it really was a blowout. It was like it was like forty thousand votes for for uh, uh, for seven forty seven. Only twenty thousand votes uh, oh, yeah. for the second what place bear. What about those forty thousand bo- votes they found in the river? You know, <laughs> yeah, there's the a New Jersey postman. Them out. Yeah, you know, the bears got them. I think if you just looked at Bear Seven Four Seven, you would know right away. That's the right bear. It was it was 747's year for sure. I think it was a good choice. And and what's great is a lot of the bears get names. Some of the bears get numbers. This one got both. So you got to love 747. Also, they do they estimate the weight based on 3D cameras. So they were they, they figured out he's about 700. He's about 1400 pounds, which is so fat. Amazing. It's so good. I, um, I only learned about Fat Bear Week this year, and it's the only good thing that's happened. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing it. Yeah, so so Leanne wrote in to say, I've been watching the bears on Explore.org for years. I was so excited to hear you give Fat Bear Week a shout out, along with all the other great cams. Um, great promotion of a great site. And I 100% agree. Like, there's so many good things going on. Uh, if you want to watch, uh, uh, was I watching today? Oh, the, uh, they're... Um, what, uh, I just forgot what they're called. Anyway, uh, really big, uh, rare birds in a sm- small version in a nest was great. Uh, condors, that's what I'm trying to say. Big condors, uh, there's a great condor nest that I, they were like, hey, check it out. The condors are looking around. They'll like warn you if that's going to happen. It's great. Also today, some really good bears of like baby bears cuddling up on mom in a real pile. It's great. 
highly recommend explore.org for all of your bear needs. Um, uh, and then, all of your bear needs, depending on what bears are talking about. Well, yeah, specifically brown bears. Although I did learn brown bears and grizzly bears, same bear. Grizzly bears are just big brown bears. Huh. That's the same bear. Yeah. So many things that we think are different bears are the same bear. Kodiak bear, brown bear, it's the same That's bear. Just a brown bear? Yeah. They're like in a different region, but they're the same bear. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? What? Um, uh, Leanne ended the email. First I'll leave you Emily some- Dickinson, and now brown bears. Did <laughs> anyone Dickinson teach me actually anything? was a brown bear. That's true. She's just actually, it's like kind of a regional species of brown bear from the Northeast. Um, uh, Leanne ended the email with, I'll leave you with something I heard the cat, my rangers say, this would not be as fun if the fish could scream. <laughs> I love park rangers and I love that quote so very much. Uh, it really would take, cause like you do watch them really rip into that fish. And if the fish didn't like it out loud, well, it'd be a very different story. Well, not to say we assume they like it. Let's be real. <laughs> Oh man. Uh all right. And then the uh let's see. Let me just pull this up. Here we go. Okay. So um we did get more than a few people who um weighed in to tell me that I was wrong about Secret of Nim. <gasps> oh. And, huh. Uh yeah, I know. That's a huge surprise for everybody else. I will say for the people uh at home, and I know this is not gonna be fun emotionally in a second here. Uh, Anthony and Hunter secretly agree with me, but they're just not allowed to say they decided to be against That's me. That's true. This is true. It is true. Uh, and Amanda, true. Amanda, for context, I just want to really stress, Alex took a giant old shit all over the secret. <laughs> and then he, really did. He, he tore it apart. He attacked that movie like Disney attacked the animation <laughs> ravaged it. Left it nothing but a shrinking hulk of what it could have been. Uh, very mean spirited. I called, just, brought Don Bluth's mom into it for some reason. Yeah, that was <laughs> completely unnecessary. Yeah, just oh, uncalled oh, for. Oh, yeah. those Bluth films were traumatizing, though. Yeah, yes, they're that, dark. I agree with that, uh, and I like that about it. Um, I like that it's bad animation. I like, or I like it's weird animation. I like it's darkness, but I did not enjoy the horny crow character. He said anyone who was traumatized was a coward. That is not what I said. That's not what I said. said. Um, yeah, he said only the weak in his superior intellect could handle it. I think the core problem is that he's, and I talked about these people last week, he's a Dom hater, okay? (laughs) There are these Dom DeLuise haters that don't find him funny, that find him annoying, and I don't get y'all. I don't know who he is, but this crow is that. Dom DeLuise, Dom from Fast and the Furious. He just hates Dom. (laughs) No Doms. (laughs) No Doms for Alex. I am yeah, all subs in my life. Um, <laughs> I I will say um, just one in particular that I will point out, which is on uh, my Letterboxd review of it, uh, where I said that it was not even in my top 10 animated hyper-intelligent mouse movies. Um, I got a very thorough drubbing from friend of the show, Dan McCoy, uh, from the Flophouse podcast, who had a lot of answers for all of my questions. And they don't solve the problem but I like uh, the passion with it. Um, I there's the one thing that I've been like most interested in uh, in hindsight is this relationship with uh, the dead mouse and the the hero mouse lady. And the point in his life where he became a hyper intelligent mouse really matters to me because if he was 
a mouse who could talk and do magic who married an ordinary mouse who couldn't talk. That's a very weird uh, relationship dynamic. And you're, you're worried about mouse abuse? N- no, not even. No, just like, what do they talk about? Fucking nothing. He can't, she can't talk. Like, I feel like it's just, it's a power imbalance that I don't care for. Also, it's weird. Uh, I don't like that at all. Um, uh, I want to show you Beauty and the Beast, and your mind's going to cave in. You're going to be like, I mean, candlesticks, the Beast, what? The thing about Beauty and the Beast, I think that most people would agree, is that she could do better. <laughs> she wanted the I, I, library. That's why she was willing to have sex with a giant dog. But normally, no, you would think I, she could do better. He is abusive. He's not actually interesting or fun. She, I, he, I, I, she just, I just she was using him for his library. But in but if 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 he didn't try to be a prince, she would have left him for somebody yeah. more intellectual. We need to equal. stay focused on on the matter at hand. Which yeah, is, and Beauty and Beast is not on trial here. Okay, yeah, and uh, honestly, <laughs> there will be a think, day for that. I don't think you hang out with enough girls online because I've known plenty who want to get down with the Beast. So, uh, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of uh, hot. Yeah. Uh, I just want to I want to bring this up. You you said in your review that this isn't in your top 10 animated hyper-intelligent mouse movies. True. And then I I asked you to reveal your top 10. Yes. And you did reveal it. Yes. And number two is Fievel Goes West, a direct-to-VHS sequel to an American tale that features prominently... Dom DeLuise no. playing <laughs> his, it. and I want to add this. I'm a Dom fan playing his most annoying role. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Dom lover and you can't hang with the crow, but you can deal with what's his name. Mr. Lion, I think is his name. Oh God, I, yeah. Dude, Mr. Lion is so much more interesting than horny crow. Such a more <laughs> fun character. Um, also, uh, five goes West. That mouse has guns and that I enjoy. Um, <laughs> And also Steven Spielberg was involved. You're not even talking about the original American Tale. No, that was on there. That's number nine. Well, yeah, I know, but that's... These were not in order, by the way. These are not in best order. Although Ratatouille is the best of the hyper-intelligent mouse movies. Fair. Um, fair. But also, I do quite enjoy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, That's on there. Uh, Also, The Great Mouse Detective, Mouse Hunt, Chicken Run, Rescuers, Rescuers Down Under. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Oh. Cinderella. There's so many better animated mice. I could have done ten more. I just ran out of space in my ten list. How are the mice in Cinderella better than the mice in Nim? Okay, so first of all, they can sew, which is badass. <laughs> uh, second of all, really cute songs. I mean, these the mice in Nim can sew. They they just don't do clothes. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but they also have magic for no goddamn reason. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know that. Um, literally nobody is with me that was what i was doing yeah i, I love that, that you you wanted to bring up no one was with you and then dig in for another 10 minutes <laughs> that's the most alex thing to do hey guys i pulled the room everyone says everyone told me to go fuck myself i did talk to dahlia a lot more about it afterwards and basically what it comes down to is two things one is People saw it when they were kids and there's nostalgia and I don't have it. And the other one is there were no good movies in the eighties. And so this was like a reasonable selection. <laughs> That's not my point. That was Dahlia's point. That was, and that was also similarly what you guys were saying. You guys were like, like 
I was comparing it to good animated films. And you're like, that's not fair compared to 80s animated films. And right. That is- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. If you make it specific like that, I'm with you. But I mean, you made yeah. it more, you made it too wide yeah. and then it sounded silly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, this is again, this is our guest Dahlia last week saying this, but her point was the best movie from the 80s is, is about, it was like, it's got guys running around in brown face uh, yelling gibberish. So you can't really get behind the 80s for film. Wait, which movie is that? <laughs> Where was Back that to the Future? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Probably yeah, hard to fair. argue. One of the best movies of the '80s, and it's got some real weird shit in it that that's it's hard true. to support. Um, yeah, uh, Dally's point was also you can't like really movies. You can't like any movie before 2014. Uh, like anything that anything that was made before Me Too happened doesn't count. And I think that is also an interesting point about film that we yeah, did not just get kind into. Of a restart would be good if we yeah. just restarted oh, yeah. film. Yeah, from there. Yeah, I yeah. think no. I think take that one thing further. Let's destroy all the cameras. <laughs> and like, let's, let's relearn how to do all. Let's destroy all the cameras. All go the back editing, to film. Go back. No, just we'll have to refigure out film. I'm talking. Oh, let's to let's go back. Okay, so let's go back. We just have a still camera, and we want to know if this horse can fly. Let's start yeah, over. Exactly. I want to show somebody a train coming at him and have him shit himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's let's get back to that. All right, that is a good place to end it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back again next week with more quality content like this, uh, like the cricket run and and all of this great talk about cameras um, and a little bit about Emily Dickinson. Next week, we're going to be celebrating more abbreviated than in previous years, but we're still going to take a second to celebrate the Rocktober. So we're going to take a little bit of the Rocktober in our lives next week, and we're going to watch Jumanji 2. Uh, oh. The new, the new Juman, the second of the Jumanji reboots, uh, starring The Rock, um, which I am looking forward to. I've heard mostly yeah, good things I, about it. I think it's going to be a lot like a first episode we did on the first one, but less good. It's going to be my guess. My well, if it's guess. if it's anything like the films, it'll be a little bit less good, but we'll make way more money, right? Yeah, that's how that. sequels work. Uh, I think it made a little bit less, but maybe it? more. Who knows? Uh, but Ezra's going to be back for it. Ezra really wanted to watch it, so that's uh, Ezra's choice. And it'll be good to celebrate The Rock. Also, glad he's feeling better, right? The Rock and all of his little his little pebbles are all feeling better now from COVID. His pebbles. Yeah. Well, Isn't that I what mean, his kids are called? As I discussed last week, he's been replaced. We all know that. Yeah, right, right. Uh, that's true. He's been replaced by his cousin pretending to be him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, um, don't stand on Facebook anymore, Anthony. You're not allowed to. Um, anyway, all that is next week for the Rocktober. You can email us all of your feedback. Please let me know if I am digging in alone or if you want to join me on this hill as we die. Uh, send us an email, podcast at read-weep.com. Thank you especially to all of our meat buddies who keep the train floating down the tracks. And um, I have I have my, my, my meat buddy segment. My meat buddy only segment is still under construction and I will have it ready soon. So I'm going to have you guys pick some more stuff for me to watch coming up here in a little bit. So thank you all for donating. You can go to metreon.com to join them. And thank you so much to the panel today. Thanks for hanging out, Anthony. Thanks for taking a break from your kitten to spend time with us. Uh, no, this was fun. Uh, Hunter, thanks for uh, coming in from the woods. Yeah, thank you. It's a long walk. And uh, <laughs> you're only, you only have the accent for the opening and closing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, me. And also, thank you so much for coming back, Amanda. It's always such a delight to talk to you. 
Yeah, thanks. It's great to spread the love of Emily Dickinson. So important. Yeah, I can see why you said you were evangelical about it, for sure. This is a, a thing that more... Because it's this was not a huge release. This was not a blockbuster. Um, but it is it is uh, streaming on Hulu, if you guys have, for those of you at home, if you want to... Check it out. If you guys want to have a, a fun 86 minutes and you have somebody's login, go watch it on Hulu right now. Um yeah, so anyway, it needs it needs evangelizing because it was not it did not make as many billboards in LA as some other movies. And you know what? You out there listening, you deserve something nice. Watch this movie. It's <laughs> go, go watch some ladies make out on a bunch of coats. Yeah. I've brought it's that up twice. Did that time. bother me? Maybe I was bothered by it because it's other people's coats and it's kinda like I don't know. All I know is today you've been talking about making out on coats and cams you've been watching. You've been real horny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. Oh man, Alex is stuck at home. I got <laughs> horny on. I went horny on Main today. Talking about Bayos and cams he likes and yeah, and Doms. Doms, yeah, it's just fucking all even intense. in pants, buddy. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm gonna go take a cold shower. You guys uh, don't join me. That's a weird way to say that. Anyway, Whoa. all right. Anyway, That's we'll be back hard. next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>